Less genetics. Genetics or maybe it's because I work out every time, but man, I certainly be will. And I love food. Working out helps not being a lazy ass. <laughs> right. Speaking from personal experience. Right, right, right. That's what's up. Fellas, mm. man. Should, right. A lot of it probably is genetics for you, though, because you probably, I mean, if you have a metabolism that's built in, that helps. Yeah, you know, I come from a family of athletics. Just all of us was athletes. So, I mean, that and I guess genetics, though. So, you know. Hey, hold on. Was, are we? Oh, yeah, we are live. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I had a light. Everything's on record now. No, I just had the light behind me, and I didn't want the, you know, the, I was trying to avoid the glow effect, so I was going to turn it off, but yeah. that's fine. No, no, you look, you, you look should, you should like the glow, Dave. You, yeah, you yeah. look bad wise, brother. You got that glue. Right. I was watching it. like the last dragon, man. Right, right. I was watching that recently. Um, I've been li- <laughs> yeah, don't ask me why, but I've been listening to the soundtrack. But uh, For lately, real, too. Been getting your vanity on? No, not that part, but like the Willie Hutch song. <laughs> The uh, what was it? The Rockwell song. I've been listening. To, don't ask me why I've been listening to the Rockwell song. Oh, but, is uh, somebody watching me on that soundtrack? No, it's called no. It's another. He's got other hits, I guess. But it's called the song is called Peeping Tom. <laughs> Not Betty. Yeah, no, I know. It's when he was shooting. It's when wait. The song shooting. is called Peeping Tom. It's when he's in the. It's when he's in the warehouse shooting craps with the the Asian guys. Right. And, okay. and, and and they play him, and he ends up kicking the door back in. But talk about going to the well. Your your big hit is somebody's watching me. Then you have another joint called Peeping Tom. Right. Yeah. No. He's yeah. He's definitely. What was his third hit? Paranoia. Yeah. It's paranoia. The the fourth. The fourth was restraining order. Maybe you know. He more paranoid than me. Damn. (laughs) The cops. It just didn't drop ever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He made a whole. (laughs) <laughs> he, he, hey, hey, Rook, he was, he was, he was uh, outlining the whole police state before anybody was hit to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, Rockwell, he, Rockwell was deep, man. He trying yeah. to let us know. You know what I'm saying? He, he knew the, he, he knew the feds was watching thirty some years ago. Fam, that's yeah. why. I don't, that's why I don't smoke. For future and all them dudes. That's why? Because exactly. I'm already paranoid enough. I don't smoke weed because I'm already paranoid enough. I don't need yeah. help. <laughs> You got oh you, you never been a smoker, Rook? No, nah, man. Not more than like one night. And then like a whole six or seven months ago and I don't touch it. You feel me? I ain't no smoker, bro. It but got that helps you keep thin too. Oh, really? Oh yeah, because <laughs> the first thing I want to do and the last thing is eat. Just crazy. It's like what do I have in my fridge? You know what you got in your fridge, you high motherfucker. <laughs> But then you get paranoid that you think that paranoid. the kids in the fridge. Right. <laughs> I got to keep them from my, hey, keep hey, them from hey. my mac and cheese. Hey, did you eat my sandwich? 
Tap tap in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> every time you go, every time you get the bunchies, you getting you getting added to your report. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Some some people need that. Uh, keep them keep them on track. You have a per- have a personal trainer say, "I know you ate that damn sandwich last night after you said you had your last meal at 6. And they'll be like, "No, I didn't." Yes, you did. I got the damn video from inside the fridge. <laughs> saw your oh, ass man. going. I saw your ass going in and grabbing that hoagie last night. <laughs> All right. That's yeah. That's, that sound like that's that sound like something Terry Crews would have did if he didn't get into acting. Oh, who are you talking about? Super Coon? Oh my God, that guy. Nah, that's gonna be. That's no. Nah, that's. I mean, no. That's gonna be. That's Alexa. That's gonna be snitching on you. He don't even embarrass me no more. He just that's like when is when is he gonna stop? When he gonna run out of film? You know what I mean? When his phone gonna die? You know what I'm talking about? When is he gonna lose the the lust for filming shit? Like, cause that guy gets on my nerves, man. Uh, you heard of the Antichrist and everything? He's the anti-black. He's the anti-black. Like he's seriously going on Twitter doing everything that's totally against black people. He's just doing it on purpose. You know what I mean? Well, you got you got that you got to keep you got to keep uh, the America's Got Talent people hey, you know, look, uh, look. on the side. Rook, you, you you can't you can't come out to you can't come out to L.A. Man, you you got to do some things that's strange <laughs> to, to, to 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 make a living. Strange be, for some change. You gotta be you go you be homeless. You gonna end up being homeless out here, man. You got to be able to do some strange things to be hey. able to stay in business. And you black. Fine. I end up being homeless. I'm gonna have a lot of roommates, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's dude. It's amazing how many homeless is out here in Vegas. And I know y'all got it tenfold. Yep. Whatever. Whole yeah. state. Whole state is bad. It's like it, Dave. It, I was gonna say, Dave, talk about your trip this weekend. Oh yeah. I mean, the whole bay is just like it's like homeless central. It's really it's really messed up. It's like it's ten out there, ain't it? Ten city everywhere. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean it, it. It's really a you know black guy to the state. I mean as much as people tout you know Southern Ca- California is the promised land. This is like yeah, it's the promised land if you got money. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that's I feel the same way about Cali as I feel about America as a whole. Where they say oh, land of the free, home of the brave. I'm like yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean the thing is though, I mean it's it's a little bit different. Cause you, this I think this is one of the first places where I've been, and like you have working poor, um, like working homeless, and I mean I think that's really you know something that's that crazy. Yeah, I mean we have gigs and still not living, living in, and living in your car just because the rents are stupid. I think that you know what I think one of the things I found out recently I think they say like rents are starting to drop in like Oakland and SF because a lot of the tech people are working from home from wherever they came, going mm-hmm. back to wherever they came from. So like this is the first time rents are starting to drop in the area. I mean it's twenty five. They said as high as twenty five percent up. So you got an apartment that costs four grand now, it costs you three grand. That's you know, man, I see it's it. just ridiculous. It's ridiculous, man. Why would you? In some of these places, do not deserve the rents that the median rents that you know that developers and stuff put on them, man. You all you doing is pricing. All you're explicitly doing is pricing out poor and working class people. It has nothing, but it has no excuse. 
Yeah, but it's just not new construction, though. I mean, like, it's been one thing if you you can charge. Yeah, that's what I'm I mean, saying. Like, some of these areas, you're talking about air, buildings that have been around for 100 years, and they're getting these crazy, you know, yeah. uh, rents associated oh, with them. Bro, but, why doesn't it correlate with actual jobs that the community has? It I, it, well, it technically, it does in the Bay. I mean, oh, you know, media. No, 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 no. So, because the thing is, though, the, a lot of the tech, a lot of the tech industry is making it seem disproportionate. So you have a, you know, all of the people who work at Apple, Google, you know, all of the companies that are in um, that area, and it's just making it disproportionately high for the people who can't afford it. So, if your media income, if you have a small subset of the population making a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, in kind of the tech space, it throws it off for the rest of the you know people in the area. And the issue is too with a lot of those cities, especially like San Francisco, they have restrictions on building, so you can't build, and it just creates like a shortage of inventory for rent. Back when, back when I you know met my wife, was it nine years ago? She was paying like twelve for a studio, and that studio was probably like double that. She was in SF in San Francisco, and that studio was probably like double that amount. Yeah, San Francisco is the highest hmm. in America. They are literally the highest in America. Yeah, so it's, a, it's too damn high. Where is that dude at? Hey, uh, Kyle, I, I mean, uh, Kyle, I seen a dude today. I mean, I seen a dude a couple of days ago have a, a security guard suit on, and a dude was just, I knew he was homeless, but he had on a yeah. security guard suit, man, and you could tell it was his uniform because it was like, you know, it wasn't like lived in, lived in. It was just like, you know, he pushing a cart and he got that suit on because he ain't took it off yet. And I was just like, man, that's crazy. And just today, you know, them little Caesar pizzas that be like hot and ready, like $5 and shit. Right. I bought one of those after work because I had a long trip after work to come home. It's like an hour and a half away. And I got one of those hot and readies in. I only ate half of it, and I was going to come home and throw it in some Ziplocs and heat it up throughout the week on some poor man shit. But I saw one of my friends out here that I know, you know, going through it. And I said, hey, man, you like pizza? He's like, yeah, sure. And I was like, hey, man, have at it. It's about half of it left. He took that shit happily, man, kept pushing his cart. It's crazy mm. out there, man. It's absolutely crazy out here. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, but and then also I think a lot of people I don't know what about like what Nevada's like, but what ended up happening in California forty years ago, back when we had another Republican president, was that they closed down a lot of the mental health centers. So you know that kind of mag that magnifies, but that was really what's been the leading cause of just the, the homeless population here up until probably the last decade. You know, during the last downturn is when you just got more like working class people who well, falling on their luck. You know, but historically, it's been a lot of people mental health issues, especially in places like the Bay and you know San Francisco and things like that. Right, and and it's yeah, and it tends to be go ahead, Dad. No, and I was just like some of the stark differences I noticed just being you know coming from Chicago is bad. You know, up until recently, like the Chicago downtown Chicago was a crown jewel. Like you know, our, our homeless population while they existed existed in like Lower Wacker primarily. I mean, as far as where they lived, I mean, you have a few on. You had them corner. stored right, right. But we had them stored differently. But still, it, it's just you didn't have tent city. Um, you may have. They did the same thing to Chicago before I left them. You know, because when I was doing my doc on the uh, 
violence in Chicago. That was one of the things I was recording was the fact that they they had closed all of the schools and then they had like shut down like eighty percent of the mental health facilities. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, well, it ain't, it ain't no they. I mean, it was wrong. I mean, you know who was. <laughs> right. I mean, let's call it. I hate. I mean, I don't know. One of my pet peeves is using terms like they's and y'all. No, it's just called it. Was. I mean, it was Rom who did that. I mean, you know, part of. And yeah, I think he, he should definitely. He should definitely shoulder the responsibility. But we're seeing another. Uh, you know, we're seeing another. Uh, you know, lead, leadership here in in the city. You know. Uh, um, Forget the word, but we see another mayor here in the city who's really not looking. I I don't even know how much. I don't think she really promised much in that area, but she, you know, as a progressive, I think a lot of people, as a supposed progressive, a lot of people thought that she was going to attend to some of these things, but we're not getting any of that, and the the city's not, you know, improving in in any way in that regard. We're still, yeah, you know, like you say, it's getting worse as far as the homeless goes, and. And this whole situation with this year, with the the uh, you know with with COVID and everything, and the rioting and everything, you know the uprising, you know it's it's I guess I, I think we we kind of went over this before in, in some early shows. I think though I think it's leading to a deterioration of the city from even the place where they they value the city most. Is this starting to deteriorate? And you can tell by the—I mean—the looting happened down there just a little while ago, and just had everybody spooked because <laughs> it was like yeah. a mile and stuff. They had to know that was going to happen, man. Had to, <laughs> right? And they don't act, and they're not being proactive at all about it. They're not yeah. even being reactive about it. All, the only answer they got is lift up the bridges and shit. Lift up the bridges and blame Inglewood, which is not where the yeah. fuck it came from, not where it originated. Well, I, nope. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how they would have been proactive considering that you know the Gold Coast is going to be the place that they hit because the last time around it wasn't. I mean, and historically, that's I'm not, not, been man, I'm not talking about being. You can't, you can't control that. They, I'm talking yeah. about being proactive in regards to the stuff that we're talking about, taking care of the poor, taking oh, better yeah. care of the homeless. Right? No, 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 no. I mean, just. To, yeah, that, the last comment. So I was get a little bit confused as far as the last comment, but. To, to, you know, I don't want to say the Lightfoot's defense. From what all the news I get coming out of Chicago is like, she's got her hands full. I mean, the city is facing like damn near a $2 billion, you know, budget deficit, operating budget deficit, and that's really due to the pension yeah. prices. I mean, she I think that a couple of weeks ago said, mm-hmm. talk about that, which is obvious. I mean, yeah, we know there's a, there's a pandemic, you know, it shut well, down a lot of the businesses in the city. But you don't. But but I think that's. But what. But what. But the thing is that existed prior to what you know a lot of prior to COVID, prior to the protests, prior to the riots that existed prior. But the issue at hand, between the way debt works, is it snowballs and the pension obligations snowballs, and it's just yeah. growing through this critical mass. And they haven't really come. The city has not come up with any viable solutions as how to address it because what you have what's going on in the city is a couple different things you have people leaving the city you know a lot of times in just droves i mean historically a lot of people have just went to northwest indiana just because it's the easier thing to do um and then also you just and and for a couple different reasons one 
you got you know violence people argue about the tax tax issues and it's just really draining the coffers and you're at a city that really can't be taxed anymore so they're coming up we're limited as far as solutions to be able to create income and no and no one talks about that i mean i think it's you know the social issues are important but you got to have money to run a city but you have to have money to run a city and i think it's coming to the point where things are coming to a critical mass where they're not you know with the population drain and then also what you have a lot of when the damage is happening in the central business district is just creating this you know i guess dark storm that's just really has the potential to send chicago kind of a bad fiscal shape because the thing is there's no way where you can you know there's there's no way you can tax people there's limited opportunities for you to tax people under the current situations without creating more of an exodus for the people that come and also to keep you know the tourists the tourism from coming in and a lot of also the took the mechanisms that brought people in the city the transit systems metro uh being one of them have been shut down to the point of just a crawl um you know to where they're running weekend service during the week and i think that's something that's really has to be you yeah, know crazy man yeah crazy dave you because a lot you know, of people you know, dave used to work with they're trying to like scale mm -hmm. down man look but they also also man it's like you have messed up the trust of the people over these years because the racket that was, uh, we're going to put police cams everywhere and we're going to put street cams everywhere and we're going to put cameras on all of the police. That racket that was that and the racket that was the whole uh, privatization of the parking system. Man, they they were nickel and diamond the hell out of Chicagoans before I left there. And I was just like, and that's daily too. That's not, that's, that's going back to daily. Yeah, that's going to yeah. daily, but definitely Rom kept that shit going. He just kept yeah. it going. And that's, that's what, that's what old girl is doing. But, now. but no, I don't know. I don't, but so here's the thing where, I mean, I think we have to be able to, I think we have to be able to compartmentalize. And I think a lot of people, especially uh, a lot of people don't necessarily have the skill or don't, don't take in consideration uh, you know, one, she's inherited a shit show. I mean, and she's relatively recent to the job, and she's inherited something that was bad for the last, if we're going to put the note, you know, going back 20 years, yeah. at least 20 years. I mean, yeah. and, I, and I think that's just so, it's, to a certain extent, I'm not going to say that she's the perfect mayor, but at the same time, she's probably, she's a significant improvement over what we have. And unfortunately, I don't, and to be put it in context, would I want a daily or rhyme in this situation? Probably not. I think, you know, from a leadership standpoint, I just think that it's unfortunate that things had to get so bad for, you know, someone, you know, one of us, someone black to have to get that job. It always seems like things it's have to be like that, right? It's always, it, like that. it always has, yeah. things always have to get to a place where, Thing, you know, things have gotten really bad or something. If it's not, you know, at a company, it's not at a city. It's something, you know, politically that has to occur for people to say, okay, now we're going to give that person a color or job, you know, opportunity, that person, that it, woman opportunity. But I think when you look at movements like that, though, they come from a feeling of the populace, the voting populace of wanting reform or change. Mm -hmm. But you know, we, we look at you no, know, that's what happened with Obama after Bush, and you know, uh, you come could, out you, with form of the, uh, Morgan Freeman, 
And some, some Morgan Freeman was he acting as was he like a president at some point in some movie? Yeah, I think Deep Impact. I think he's been president in a couple movies. Right? Yeah, he's been president a couple times. Yeah, yeah but but yeah, you know. Maybe, you, man. But but you know when you look at when you look at reform candidates or candidates who put themselves out there as reform candidates, you got to try to follow through. And I don't think that I think increasingly. Lightfoot has sort of backed away from that, and in that there's been there's been outside things that have, you know, elements that have pushed on her that, you know, that I you know I don't feel I, I feel for her in a lot of ways for her job and that, but you know we can't be like okay she she willingly took on the job it's not like we, it's not like we forced her into the job and she said you know what the hell she was doing certain things and you know if you if you're a politician. And you don't capitalize on a certain moment and and do the things that help get you in the office, then we have as voters have the right to to call them on that shit. I mean, simple as that. No, no, I agree. I mean, but looking back to who are the options were, I don't know. I think the issue is I don't know if there's anybody else. What I've been like, well, we should have voted that person. But the options may have been the options may have been better, actually better civic leaders. They may, I mean, if you look at you look at an old girl, uh, a Preckwinkle, she may have, she may actually have ran the city better. And I don't, I mean, I, I understand what he had more experience, but she got caught up doing some crazy ass shit too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying <laughs> you get caught, you get caught. <laughs> Dave, you can look how you vote. I'm, I'm not saying she she was the greatest candidate. I didn't vote for Preckwinkle. No, no, but, no. but I'm saying it, at, at some point people get swept up in movements, and they, and it's like you know either you gonna either you want a person who reflects your values and can do the job, or you want a person who could do the job, or you're gonna get a person you may get a person who reflects your values but can't do the job, and that and I think we're leaning more towards that with. With uh, Lori Lightfoot right now, then we are the other two options, unfortunately. But so, she has time. She has time to to turn it around. But you know, man, she got to turn. She got to do some turning around. Got to run that ship. That's Chicago. It's not going to change overnight. We already know that. She inherited that shit show, and it's got to continue on. Otherwise, it's just going to be crazier than it is now. Because yeah. once you get them people, once you get some rich people mad. <laughs> Then everything gonna change. Not just letting damn buildings up. I mean, uh, bridges up when we protesting. It's gonna be worse than that. That's crazy though. Yeah, bridges up, dog. That's like right. You have you have to you have to be cognizant of how certain things look, and especially as a politician, how certain things look and how they play how they play out. Yeah, you try to say Chicago is not segregated, but then you lift the bridges up when. <laughs> people are violating the city. Right, that's straight. That's some straight Gotham City shit. Right, yeah. exactly. Gotham City. I always compare <laughs> Chicago to Gotham, dude. <laughs> yeah, the fact, the fact Real, Gotham City has no. They have no middle class too. That's another big uh, similarity, man. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, and and Chicago is getting more and more like that. It's more and more like cities like New York and San Francisco, where you either if you don't have money here, you're not living right. You you can't you can't just live as a working person in Chicago. Well, yeah, I can already so just to so he, so I mean so we have different we probably all have three different views on what 
you know, is considered a living wage. And I can already tell you that what's a living wage in Chicago, at least what worked when I was there, wouldn't, you know, cut it out here. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's the same. So, but the point that I'm trying to make is that there's more, there's still more opportunity to be able to create a, a life, a functional life and, in Chicago than there ever will be in other New York or you know, Dave, why why are we leaving why are we losing so many people then Dave? you leaving so many so you leave you leave well that well that's I mean that's not a that's not a single answer I'm sure you know I mean it's also the factor of violence that you have to deal with it's also the economic inequalities that come with just not having access to certain jobs but you know violence plays a big key I mean I don't care how I mean like if I gate so you know, to put things in perspective for you. So historically, you know, there were, you know, living wage, good paying jobs in Chicago 40 years ago. I think that, you know, 40, 30 and 40 years ago, what you did have at that time, 30 and 40 years ago, when the steel mills were around and the railroads were around and all that great stuff is you still had a high violence rate. So people, yeah, I think that's, 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 that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, but the, higher but, murder rates. Right, yeah, actually, right, you, right. You, evil. It yeah. just runs off of evil, like Dunkin' run, <laughs> like Dunkin' Donuts or some shit. I, yeah. I think the only difference is there is that one, a lot of that violence was uh, concentrated to the projects, and then just yeah. two, I think it's just also, you know, what people's comfort as far as living standards were were different too, and then also during that time you also had a higher rate of just you know, segregation as far as those suburban communities that people, feeder communities that people move to now. I mean, I can speak to that personally from my family being the first, you know, families to move kind of like to the Cal Park border. And when they moved 40, you know, 40 some odd years ago, they were not welcome. Mm -hmm. But with time, you mm -hmm. had more people just more, you know, open to integration and things That's like right. that. And, you know, yeah. white, white flight spread a little bit further than the, you know, the, 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 Boundaries, boundaries of the city. So I think that's just one of a combination of things is that also why a lot of people were leaving the city is just one, it's a combination of taxation, two, it's a combination of violence, three, it's a common, you know, also the issue of just economic inequality. I think it's just in lack, in seeing limited opportunities for mobility. So it's a common, I think it's just a combination of those things. And it's also to the being knowledgeable, having those, you know, family relationships who are people who are. First, second, who are you know multi generational move back to the south or who move west, so they have those relationships where they can move to. So, like case in point, mm. both of, you know, with my family in Chicago, my most the majority of my family in Chicago is here, but my maternal side they've spread out of the country. They spread out across the country. They were originally based in Detroit. They knew they knew thirty years ago, you know, 20, 30 years ago that Detroit wasn't coming back. So they said, you know, we're going to have to seek opportunities elsewhere. And it just wasn't about violence. It was also about the lack of economic opportunity because Detroit, at, yeah. at least at that time, it wasn't an you know, issue with just like rampant violence. You know, it was just more just lack of economic opportunity. So I think that's kind of the same thing that comes to Chicago. I think that it yeah. took a little bit longer for a lot of black Chicagoans to get on that. We're going to venture elsewhere train. Yeah. But when yeah. it got that yeah. It definitely started. Yeah, to, it's definitely there now. Definitely yeah. started to mirror a baby Detroit. Uh, a baby Detroit. I swear, before I left, I was predicting. I was like, this place is turning into Detroit. I, I was like, damn, it's crazy. They're letting places go, like uh, they're letting businesses go bankrupt. They're letting houses go uh, like empty, and letting this stuff happen because 
economically, eventually they just gonna flip it like a pancake when everybody's gone and start over with a lot less people or the people that they want in this motherfucker. You uh, selective. I, you know, I think that this, when people make the Detroit comparison, one, I think it's, it's, it's a little, I don't wanna say inappropriate because historically Detroit has had white flight for since the since the original riots, you're talking about five plus decades. Like sixty eight. Sixty eight. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and when when you talk to white you talk to white people now and they say I'm from Detroit, none of them are from Detroit. Um, you talk to <laughs> you know if you talk to Arab people they, and they say they're from Detroit, they're not from Detroit. I mean, they're from Dearborn. I mean, it's mm. it, there's you know with limited you know so that's something that Detroit has had black leadership. For better or worse, for the last, you know, for about for five plus decades, and I think that's something that, and also the difference between Detroit and Chicago is Detroit is one industry, is a one industry town, and as yeah. a result of being a one industry town and having to deal with the, you know, not being well adept to competing with foreign automobile entities, they ended up taking a huge loss. I mean, you know, and yeah. that's I think that's a part of it, and you know, also. The last 15, 20 years, the subprime mortgage uh, mortgage crisis, having mayors that we, you know, are who are corrupt that even are even more corrupt than maybe some of the mayors that we've had in certain instances, or at least their corruption has been a little bit, you know, publicized more than the mayors that we've had. Dave, it's like a baby version, man. It's like. I mean, you see, you're trying to be technical, all right? You're trying to be like, all right, everything has to line up like this, but it looks like that, bro. When you're over black, black, so, 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 yeah, we're talking more about perception. Black, so we're perception, black Chicago. If you, if you want to make the argument, yeah, black Chicago, where we make up a third of, you know, and then primarily the South and the West Side, yeah, black Chicago, I I can definitely see that, Um, but not the city as a whole. I mean, you know, I, I, I as of as of yet, Dave, and that's that's one thing that again I'm worried about us seeing a tipping point with this summer, and the things that we've seen, acts of violence, acts of uprising within that major economic area, and people, and like they, you know, the news media feeds into this too. Unfortunately, we see local reports here, you know. I've seen it on Channel Seven, Channel Five. They talk about these these store owners and stuff. They're trying to tell their story, apparently. But all the store owners, all they want to say or talk about is how scared they are and stuff now, and how you know they're thinking about moving out. And I mean, you um, you're just feeling the same things now that we've been feeling for decades. You know, that people in in other parts of the city been feeling. So it's you know it's hard to feel sorry for them when you're coming from. The places where we're coming from but when you look at the effect that that stuff has perception wise it, you know whether it happens slowly or quickly it's going to lead to something unless something changes that's going to lead to just less development here less less economic development and, and like you say and like you say dave chicago has been lucky that we've been able to manage different industries here we haven't just been the one industry town but a lot of what we really manage here is getting like young getting youthful workers to come here from other areas less popping areas college towns in the midwest 
we bring them here to Chicago and they formulate cheap labor that a lot of these major industries feed off of. Mm -hmm. And if you're getting less people of that ilk coming here to the city because their mothers and daddies don't feel that they're going to be safe here, what's that going to lead to? Less cheap labor for the big industries and the big industries are going to go to other places where they can find cheaper labor. That's so how it works. It's happening. It's just well, happening a lot slower. That's all. Well, so one thing that you, one right. thing that you kind of, all of Chicago, it's happening, bro. Well, I, one thing. Oh, sorry. One one thing that you kind of, yeah, I was say one thing that you kind of left out with that is one. You know, a lot of so a lot of the rioting have have is not the central business district has been affected by COVID. So a lot of people are want to still work yeah. from home. So I think that's a yep. part of it. I mean, you know, that I don't know if that's going to be the rush for people want to go back to, you know, home one, if you can still socialize. I think if, you know, with, with, without the opportunity to socialize, I mean, if Lightfoot shuts down all the bars and restaurants again, I definitely can see what you're saying happening. I think that the lure of the city, if I come from, you know, Wisconsin, if I come from Indiana, if I come from Michigan, if I have a choice to still socialize and I can work from home, I don't see myself leaving, especially if I'm living if, if I'm living in communities where, you know, a lot of the civil unrest is not occurring. And historically, yep. Gold Coast is not where young professionals live. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no. you know, they don't, they don't, you know, that's not where the, that's not where they're written at. So I don't, no. you know, so and I think that the issues, a lot of the issues, the neighborhoods that they're living in have had those undercurrents of while it may not be rioting, but the other issues of violence and safety concerns. Have yeah, individual acts of violence, rob, you no know, robbing, you no know, shootings and some carjackings and and been been hot still. Yeah. yeah. And because, like I said, I get the use yeah, in Hyde Park. I still get the U of Chicago reports. Same stuff's happening. I mean, if anybody's leaving, right, yeah. not if anybody's leaving, it's not because of that crime. It's probably more because the university being, you know, shut down, and or you know, the physical campus being shut down, and um, you know, that being more of an issue, I think, than just like necessarily the crime. Well, these issue. things play hand in hand, though. When you have those these extended shutdowns, when you yeah. you're having less, yeah. You know, well, I mean, less if things to do in the areas, and you know, I I agree, but I also think that the I think younger I don't know for whatever reason I just think like the younger subset are a little bit more brush kind of keep things I don't want to say have a different perspective. I definitely see the old you know the older people who've been moving out of the city in droves because one you have families it may not be the place you want to raise family whatever or you know whatever your concerns may be. Um, I think a lot of it, like certain elements of safety and things like that play more into older people's mindsets, people especially and also with people with families. I think it plays more into their mind than yeah. you know, I think a lot of but, especially the younger end. I see what you I see what you're saying, David. Yeah, a lot of younger people would be willing to tough it out. But like I, I like I said though, a lot of those younger people may be dependent on parents and stuff who, you know, like I say, may not want to fund their city lifestyles and stuff. Oh, they may want them to come back to Wisconsin and Michigan and Indiana and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, and for those, yeah, they, they'll have to go back. But I still think the city just still, and I mean, like I said, you're physically there. I, I still think the city still just has a much of a draw, you know, especially the north side and a lot of downtown area. And, you know, I still get the... Mm -hmm. 
the text. I still get the text message groups from, you know, our mutual friend Marvin, and it, he, they always <laughs> going to be. They always they, they don't they don't see COVID doesn't really seem especially you know now that the bars and restaurants open it it still seems it seems like there's a you know back to normal to a certain extent yeah. so I don't you should think, get Marvin on the show sometime yeah that yeah that yeah that, no that would be great but yeah I, so that's my point I think that a lot for a lot of people the haves or the people who one whether you have it because of your job or whether you have it because your mother and father subsidize your lifestyle, I don't think that those are the people who are going to be leaving the city. The people who are going to be leaving the city are the people who don't have it, who are either in two, one or two positions, who are don't have it, who've been adversely affected by, you know, violence, um, and they just want to get away from that environment, or those who have an you know, who may who just have just enough but they want something different for their families. And I think those are going to be the yeah. But I, I think... Look for, I feel yeah. you on that, but I still think... Let me say, I still think that a lot of the businesses... We're going to see some larger businesses leave the city in, 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 some, in some soon... In due time. I, I, just, I just see that happening. You know, maybe, maybe it'll be pleasantly surprised, but, you know, whether you're talking about uh, businesses that are operating with uh, franchises, or you're talking about businesses that have, you know, maybe main offices here and stuff. I think we're going to see more of that than we would like to see, you know, unfortunately. Oh, no, 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 I agree. No, I agree. Sorry. Well, we got we got some numbers here, man. W E uh, NPR uh, put out some numbers. Are you doing some research over there? <laughs> Are you saying Please that? bring us some facts. He's saying that shit like I ain't never said nothing factual. Okay, awesome. No, nah, man. Let me, right. let me get defensive, right. man. I'm just I'm saying I'm saying that pleasantly because we haven't we haven't looked anything up. We just been going off the dome, man. So I'm glad to see some <laughs> you bring some facts. Yeah, I don't come out my ass with a lot of stuff though. It's I, just I don't know I, I, I appreciate I appreciate that as well. Anyway. Great, fellas. Awesome. So listen up. So so uh, all of the people that are leaving Chicago, you know, it's this big spike that's happening. This uh, NPR, uh, this NPR uh, uh, article came out in January of two January 8th, 2020. So it's, you know, fairly new. Uh, yeah. it, uh, white people, 14% of white people are leaving. All the people that are leaving, 14% of them are white, <laughs> Asian, slash Pacific Islander. They're heading it up with like 21%. Like 21% of them are leaving. Then we uh, drop down to 10% for black. And then uh, Latino is 13.57. Uh, so we know that's kind of that's kind of high for us because, well, we're the minorities. There's less of us here. So for us to be that high is crazy, too. But uh, yeah, fourteen percent of white folk, and then they even go to, uh, they go as far as letting you know whether they have college degrees or not. So, uh, okay, twenty eight percent, twenty eight point six, twenty eight point six percent has college degrees that are leaving, uh, as opposed to eight point five three that don't have a college degree. That's not really surprising to me. Um, let's see the income. So low income, people that are leaving with low income, 1.66. 
obviously they ain't got the means to do it, so they can't leave. Yeah. Middle ain't, money to move. Middle income, they got eight. It's eighteen point six percent leaving. That's uh of the middle income area. You know what I mean? And uh, uh higher income is about twenty six percent of them leaving. So I don't know. That's kind of I kind of would expect that. You know what I mean? kind of would expect that but this is pretty cool i'll probably put this i'll probably send this to you fellas when we done with it. it's called five charts that show who's leaving illinois and why pretty cool mm. yeah yeah no I, yeah, it's i gotta read that <laughs> well i i no, that, i was gonna say that's great rook but it's really be interesting to see is what the migration migration back into the state would be as well to have a reference point because when i think a lot of times when they have those studies they don't show how many people are coming to the state i'm sure there's still a lot more people leaving and coming in but it's still great to have that reference point because we have that the same a similar study came in california but what they found out was that when they factored in how many people were coming into the state versus leaving the numbers end up evening out i'm not gonna say that's the case in uh you know in, in illinois but that definitely was the case in california like the net loss was actually rather small. It ended up being even. Yeah, definitely keep watching, I say. Um, because after it does level off, they can't hide it for that long because yeah. it's gonna start being noticeable to people like Kyle that's just walking around like, damn, all these people that came back. Because it, it was that noticeable to me when all of my friends were leaving this motherfucker. That's why like my first podcast I was gonna put out was gonna be like why people leave Chicago. And I like interviewed all of my friends that left. But uh, yeah, I feel like that's definitely another end of that's the other end of the spectrum as far as uh, what needs to be, um, you know, uh, studied with that. We definitely need to see who comes back into the place. Yeah, this is what Rook is talking about. No, oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. You're not surprised by that stuff, but I don't think y'all are either. No, and the. There's some more charts with ages. I say right. look at you know if you're interested in this issue, look at look this up and do look up some other stuff. Uh you know, there's been some good coverage, I think, in, in some media outlets here in the city about this. So, you know, try to look up, you know, do some searches and look at look up stuff. This is the college educated chart. Right. That spike with the older people is the only thing that kind of like, you know, raises my eyebrow. I'm like, damn, look at all the older people that's leaving. That's crazy right there. Because I think that thing is huge. What Dave said that, you know, people usually go places where they got family. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. not everybody does the dumbass thing that I did. Well, I went somebody, I went somewhere where I ain't got no family. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, yo. It's really economical to live in this place, and I'm going to try this out. Uh, it's very much a uh, gamble, and most people don't do it. But, uh, yeah, y'all already know I don't do a lot of stuff most people do. <laughs> I, like how you play. I like how you playing with the tools, Kyle. I like it. <laughs> I feel like we are right I got now. a little bit. We did a little taste of that last week when we when we right. picked we a, got a little taste of it. Up. So I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to show a little, I'm trying to show I can do a little something. Hey Dave, he's gonna have to like change his resume after the night, you know what I mean? Because he's like, you know, he get a little comfortable with it. I'm a mo yeah, I'm a multimedia motherfucker, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. Miami. Indeed. And take In 
it, it, you, you put that on your LinkedIn page. Cal means MMF. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> MMF Doom. No, no, you don't leave Doom there. You no, because the thing is you want to have people ask you what does MMF mean? If you put MMF Doom, they ain't gonna say, okay, MM Doom. You and say, and then, then you can open up a conversation. It means multimedia motherfucker. That that opens up the conversation. You put that on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm definitely like you'll get some people saying nice to connect with you. What's the what what designation is MMF? And then you can tell them. That's what it is. I got you, Dave. Motherfucker. Look, look, before we end up this hour, let's let's go into some lighter stuff. Oh, okay. Let's go. Hey, can we can we just briefly go to California and what the hell happened with this brush fire? The pyrotechnic party. That's not very light, bro. But that is light. It's not light, but that's what it is. (laughs) So, I mean, I. You know what, Cal? Can you pull up the story since you since you're MMF? (laughs) (laughs) What is this? What is this brush fire story? It's it's about a pyro. It's about a pyrotechnic uh, display at a gender reveal party. Southern California. Oh, okay. I heard. Yeah, I heard of that. Yeah. 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 Pull that up so we can kind of just have a frame of reference because I, you know, I didn't dig too much into it. I, I heard it. I was just like, that does sound like something that only happened in California. You have a pyrotechnic display at a gender reveal party. That is so. That is so important that you got to have explosions. Right. Um, <laughs> the whole gender the reveal thing is just uh, it's ridiculous. I, but it, it it is. But that's an extra level of ridiculousness the you know like why is that in you know necessary what'd you say yeah. oh there it is yeah, buzzfeed family members try to step out fire it's not for it's not funny it's just absurd Oh man! I mean, it, 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 sounds, it sounds it sounds like the third act in a Will Ferrell movie from ten years ago. It do, it actually does like the cat like the Catalina wine mixer went awry. <laughs> yes, yeah, it, it's it's the third act from Step Brothers. Step Brothers too. Yeah. <laughs> like the white stuff, dog. Be honest. That's a that's a bonus scene on the DVD. If you haven't watched it, go back and watch it. <laughs> Right, you ain't see the part where they like had the gender reveal and they're like, "Whoosh!" You ain't see that part. <laughs> yeah, John Riley and it all—it uh, was all like, sparked when the family headed out to El Dorado Ranch Park for a gender reveal photo Saturday morning. The reveal was supposed to be done with a pyrotechnic device, but instead ignited a fire. That I thought, yeah, these the people these the people you want to live close to, Dave. Listen, I don't have no idea where El Dorado Ranch Park is at. Where is it? Ah, uh, Ucapa Ridge. Listen, you, if you t- t- apparently you don't understand how big geographically California is. Yeah, California it, huge. It's we were huge. talking about it early on the phone. Yeah, I, I understand how big it is, but so I have no idea. That's still so I, too close to me. So right. where is Ucapa Ridge? Where I, I don't even know where the hell Ucapa Ridge is. The the bad part is that they did it at a park. I thought these dummies did it like on private property. They did it at a park. <laughs> no. Like I, I, it would have been like bad enough if you did it at your like. They you were know. asking for it, man. They were asking for it. 
Somebody need to go to jail. Um, <laughs> these oh, people I... don't probably own much private property, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised what people own, but the point is out here, but I just like, why oh, would you do that this. in public park? Look at that shit. Is that a video? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It looks like it's this is how this is how California's gonna fall into the ocean. Somebody's gonna do a gender reveal and it's gonna break the San Andreas fall. Bullshit party. You would have to use some serious explosives to do that. But what I'm thinking of, you know, maybe they were trying to do, you know, do a recreation of that uh public enemy song and it just things just went bad. (laughs) Burn Hollywood burn. And yeah, um, they, they got their look. They got they they, they got the location. They got the location off at all. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were trying to support. They were trying to support Black Lives Matter. Look at that man, it and, looks like it's supposed to be on National Geographic when they're talking about the national. I mean the the natural breast fires that happen from season to season. Right? Fuck out of here, dog. That's human made. Oh, that's their movie, man. Uh. <laughs> I was telling you, like, like, like the rock is supposed to be hanging from a helicopter and cover right, right. Down there with one of them yellow hats, like, yo, we need to be saved. (laughs) (laughs) Rock comes down and saves the day. Oh, you know, like I said, I was telling Kyle Rook, it's some places and it's a lot of places in the state that are just hot and dry as Vegas are. It was a hundred, like, I was driving back from Oakland yesterday, it's 113 degrees. In yeah. certain parts of the state, you guys, yeah. you guys have everything from really close to the equator to pretty far from it. So it's like, yeah, you got a a wide range of how y'all's weather be. I yeah. should be ridiculously hot every day. I don't know why it's gonna be fires every day just from just regular heat. You know what I mean? One thirteen to seventy five in one day. Exactly, man. Mm-hmm. That's real talk, Kyle. You hear that? I'm kid, man. I'm not trying to deal with this shit. <laughs> you don't like heat, Kyle? Come on now. Not hot, like sauce, that. hot sauce is all. That's that. That's that's right. That it is. Just give me the hot sauce. That's all I want. I seen a dude in Texas, I seen a dude in Texas literally put like a steak on top of a sewer grate. You know what I mean? And he was like, "Yeah, that's how hot it is out here." What the fuck? <laughs> That was the most disturbing shit I seen in a whole two months. Man. <laughs> he put the steak on the grate. Yeah, it was, it was, and, he <laughs> and everything. He was like, and he's like, that's how hot it is out here. Like one of them boys. Yeah, see how hot yeah, it is out here, Bubba. <laughs> and I'm like, you get your burger, you get your grill bars too deep, brother. Man, but you know the funny thing is, I was within an earshot of Texans. A couple of weeks ago on this on the bus, and they were complaining they asses off. They were like, I have never seen heat like this before. So it's like, mm, yeah, we got y'all beat. <laughs> I think it just depends on what part of the state they're from. I mean, you know. yeah, it does. It does because Texas is yeah, big. Texas got some hot ass areas. Man. You say what? Man, they got some fine ass women in Texas. Texas got some hot ass areas. They got fine ass women too. Wow, they got some <laughs> fine women. I don't know what they be eating out there, but damn, like really. Well, I've I've only been to Houston in Texas. Where you where you been in Texas, bro? Man, Dallas, Houston, pretty much everywhere they got uh, the the uh, the big relays and shit. I just I've been out to all of that shit because 
that's the only time I went <laughs> basically running relays and shit. So the Texas relays, I was out there for them. But you gonna see some thick leg girls at relays. Yeah, but I'm talking about just being on the internet and just randomly seeing just like Instagram hottie dot dot dot. And I'm just like, where's he from? Texas? Yeah. That's true. That that's Here's that is true. I've seen some Instagram girls from yeah, down that way. That yeah. I mean, cause let's be honest. They set it out. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. The thing is, the thing with me, and the thing with a lot of black men, I think, is the ratio that women are dealing with. Okay, so you're talking about the ratio of weight. You about to get real scientific on this day? Yeah. Well, you know, about as scientific I can without looking at NPR about it. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The ratio would kill no, you. You'll need NPR to, to study ass. Hey, man. You fellas made me think I do. Need to go get a study right now. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Dave. I love it. I love it, man. You got to make little, him look like that every hour, right? Here. Once every week. Bro. What'd speaking, you of, speaking of text, one of the You got to make him look like that once every week, bro. Every, at least. At least. Speaking of one of Texas uh, or Houston's uh, most uh, famous daughters, I just saw Black is King uh, over the weekend. That that was something else. Yeah, let's talk. Let's finally talk about some pop culture stuff because we yeah we put off the the what's you talk about that first day. Then, then we'll talk about the the last dance. We put that off for two weeks though. Oh yeah, so yeah, the, Black is so yeah, Black is King. It started off real good, but Beyonce couldn't stay out of the the you know the movie or the videos, and I think that's what started throwing it off for me. I was really intrigued by the different forms of you know different African you know music artists, rappers, things like that. And I was like, oh, this is dope, you know. And then you see too much Beyonce, and I'm like I don't like I don't know like I like you know I'm sure from kind of like a you know super from a basic. From a real basic standpoint, Beyonce looks good, but it's just too much Beyonce. I don't know. It's just too much Beyonce for me. I'm trying to watch different artists. You can't be surprised by that day. Right. She's the mother Diana Ross. She has to be on everything. She God, it, it was just like too much, too much Beyonce. I'm like, it's just like it, it took something that really had like opportunity, like, like, damn, this is really like great. And it just kind of just made it feel real commercial. That's the whole thing about it. Like, she, she could just take her, like, if I could just, like, edit her out. Like, if it was just an edited version where they just had the artist. She is the modern day Diana Ross. I heard a lot of complaints from my mom about Diana Ross just like that. So I feel you. <laughs> I feel you, brother. At least she, you know, and then, I, they had, and then they had the part with, like, Jay at the, and I was like, Jay, why are you in here? <laughs> Is that like a name? Is that like I heard I heard Jay I heard Jay rocked a bunch of Sergio Tachini in that in that which kind of fits the African steez, I bet. I don't know about all that, but all I know is that they just had like a special scene music video for him. I'm like, is that a part of a prenup? I was like, I don't it's like why does he have to be in everything? I'm just like it's the part. It's the part of the agreement from lem, from Lemonade and them not breaking up. I don't under so, but what does that? 
I could understand her being in all his stuff. I don't understand the inverse, but okay. Um, you know, because <laughs> he, he still he got to feel important. That that that, that oh, song so was real gripped. So so he don't so he don't dip no more. So he don't so he so he don't dip no more. Okay, that, then that makes sense. This is the way to make him feel. He's losing the fastball, Dave. You know, this is the fastball. This is the way to keep his confidence up, so he don't go. You know. Going for any side pieces anymore. And I'm like, well, once you got four yep. kids, you done. I don't know. Like, I'm like, <laughs> even Jay Z, yeah. Like, once you got four, like, that's it. Like, dude, I'm like, you know, once really you get past two, you, one or two, you really shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing it all. But once you get past one or two, you really <laughs> done. Like, you told, you told me I was washed a while ago. I'm like, once you get past one or two, you really, like, especially when you get past one. I can understand you, you know, being SHI shit in front of one child's eyes, but you just can't, you know, tear, <laughs> wreck the lives of four children's lives. I'm like, that's some, that's some old school, that's some old school dirt. Like you just, <laughs> like you yeah. slid on your, like you slid on your wife and uh, your baby mama with with three or four it, kids. Yeah. The point is with Jay, it's like and Jay. Think, and the bogus thing with Jay is he can't he can't have a set a secret second family, like most you know regular dudes can have a secret second family. Jay, Jay can't have a secret a secret second family. Island, that's the only way he'll do it. Buy island, maybe you. But who who he, he, he tried to do Drake? He could do he could try to do he could try to do the Drake move. I had the baby. I, I'll give you an Adidas contract. Just, let me, just stay off to the side. It's got. It's got. It's, it's got to be an international slide. It can't. Yeah, to, to Rook's point, it's got to be an international it's slide. Got to be cool got, not Adidas, my nigga. It, it's and it's also got and it's also got to be. An inter- oh yeah. And it's also got to be an international. Listen, it's also got to be an international slide where they ban the internet. So it's got to be China. It's got to be Iran. It's got to be somewhere. <laughs> If there's no social media, because so, yeah. yeah, like yeah, you could you could have a second family back in the day because there was no social media. That makes yeah. sense. There, I mean, there's no social media. There was no paparazzi. I mean, like even if you were a high, even if you were high level, I mean, you know, forty years ago, yeah, you could forty fifty years ago, you could still fly under the radar, but that's gone today. Unless you find a slide from a country where they ban the internet. And you famous as hell. That's, oh, I gotta. We gotta go into two things now. That's a great transition, Dave. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking about this earlier today, because uh, a bunch of stuff has come out recently. Actually, this stemmed from a text conversation, a text chain that I'm in, where I, I you, you all get, you know, the guys who I'm, I'm in this text chain with. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's, it's regal people. It's, it's, it's war media people. Now I'll say that. I ain't gonna say the names that. But they were talking a bunch of stuff about stuff that was popping up on Twitter that I could give a fuck about. <laughs> and, uh, and a lot of it had to do with like like uh, this, this... I don't know if y'all know this girl, Yes Jules. Y- y'all ever heard? Okay, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's not hey, important. But apparently... Up right now. <laughs> apparently, the, the, apparently, there's a rumor that she uh, banged LeBron at some point, and actually, oh, actually, uh, yeah, Pusha put Pusha T actually mentioned it, referenced it in a lyric <laughs> on the song, because that's what Pusha does. He puts out everybody's business. Speaking of Drake, but anyway, 
I was just thinking like about how hard it is for celebrities nowadays to do any dirt and keep it on the low. Like you say, Dave. Not in America. Like, back in, yeah. mm-hmm. 50, 60 years ago, all the stuff, all the stuff that Sinatra and all the celebrities from back right. then, people didn't know that stuff until yeah, people didn't know that stuff until 20, 30 years down the line at least. When they was dead. Like when they was when they was dead, the they was doing it, they were straight. When they was doing that bit, they dirt, they were straight. Because well, one, well, one exception. If the fans is watching, because everybody knew it, it, one that was the only exception. If the fans, the fans, the fans wasn't saying nothing either. They weren't. They weren't like putting, putting with out the info to TM. Like today, today the fans will give stuff to TMZ. Yeah, unless TMZ you put up money on black people or anything that they were really watching, they ain't get no fuck. They ain't care. You, they, you, they, they tell your wife. They tell, they tell the wife. I mean, it's a you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's tell, yeah. yeah, that's the way. But yeah, like like Sinatra, all his dealers with with Sam G and Connor and all them people didn't know about that until he was damn near in the grave, <laughs> right? So <laughs> you know, it, it's crazy how different it is nowadays. And 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 one thing that came, what? There we go. Sinatra yeah, I, at his prime. Digging while y'all talk, I just be digging this shit. Y'all be. I love that, Rook. I loved it. One thing that's come out today about a famous high-profile NFL player, Uh-oh. and I have to bring this up. I have to bring this up because I, I even got an email about this, a pitch, because I'm, I'm nominally in the, in the media business. I get pitches from all types of uh, organizations that try to get stories put online and stuff like that. And this one... This one group, let me see, a bidet company <laughs> has offered Odell Beckham of the uh, of the Cleveland Browns a a free bidet, a, what they call a Cleveland steamer slash cleaner, because apparently some some uh, lady of the night has put out today that uh, Beckham likes to get shitted on. <laughs> I just saw that on the other te- on, on the text chain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, there's a meme. So, I put, did you pull up the meme where he's like trying to catch he was catching the football and it's a poop? Are you kidding? <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. Guys, I haven't seen that day. Are you guys uh, kidding me, bro? No, nope, are you he, kidding he, me? Yeah, yeah. look it up. I'm sure it's there. Tell me it's the well, let, let me let me read let me read from the email. Let me read from the email that I got from Tushy. With, who, who, who fashions themselves as a modern bidet company that washes your butt clean after you poop with a steam of fresh water delivered straight to your brown eye has extended Odell an exclusive offer to be a brand ambassador. Brand ambassador. They're really laying it in. I will put up the email so y'all can see what I got. I got the email. Can you believe this shit? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. This is this is what it is. And yeah. It, it, they're offering him a Cleveland steamer to clean himself, I guess, after his his next adventure. 
And, and th- this is the type of stuff you got to deal with, though, if you're famous nowadays, man. Like, this, you know, they don't make hoes who keep their mouth shut anymore. Oh, hell no. And this 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 woman came out on a on an interview. I think it was the the No Jumper podcast, and she she told this dude's business. I think this was the same girl or or similar girl said a couple weeks ago. She talked about how she got bust down by like half the Phoenix Suns, and you know, I said these these girls is not. Keeping their mouth shut anymore, man. It's kind of sad, actually, but that's the type of stuff you got to deal with when you get to a certain level in life now, guys. I don't know if it's worth it. I mean, look, it's worth it. You can either do one or two things, all right? You can treat your, you got to, I mean, Dave Chappelle had the consensual sex agreement. I mean, yeah, you can either have them sign some type of NDA. I'm pretty sure there are high profile people who have. Ladies of the evening sign NDAs. They have you know consensual agreements or not in non disclosure agreements, or, or don't or oh, don't yeah, do you, it. I'm, I'm sure it's 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 constant, right? Yeah, so, yeah, that's true, right? Or don't do it. It's really all that simple. I mean, you got a higher price of life. I mean, yeah. I could, and Odell's old enough to know better. To like, if you have a proclivity like that, you I'm. And He's I a new one. dude, though, Dave. He 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 does a lot of new dude stuff, man. You know, no, he's a, he's talented as hell, but he he does too many new dude stuff that gets him caught up. Well, you know what? I don't think at this point we should be in the place blaming women. I think we should blame dudes. You got to be, you know, if you're gonna be dumb enough or reckless enough to do it, then you got to live with whatever the consequences or the fallout that comes with it. When I you, mean, know I you, feel you, I feel, I feel you, you know, Dave. I, I don't I don't want to be like I'm blaming the women. But at the same time, Marilyn Monroe kept her mouth shut. <laughs> I mean, it may, it may have led to her death. It may have led to her dying off of pills, but she listen, kept her o- mouth shut. Odell Beckham ain't so Odell Beckham ain't a John F. Kennedy, first of all. So that I don't think that's a good comparison. I mean, for what? I like it's the same thing. He's a famous dude. He might as well be John F. Kennedy nowadays. Oh, bro, that oh, was that's pretty sad. That's 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 a bad comparison. I'm not a JFK fan or anything, but it comparing, yeah. <laughs> but you, you still you still have the same thing. You have you have these women who are engaging in these secretive acts with famous men. And, you know, like, uh, there are more outlets than ever for them to go out and just <laughs> tell people's business, whether exactly. they have a, an NDA or not. Yep. Well, you know what? If they violate this NDA, you sue their ass. It's quite, I mean, the you know, it's quite that simple. I mean, you may not yeah. get any bread from it, but if you get sued enough, I mean, one, you're going to have to end up at least being the person that's sued. You end up having to pay a lawyer to defend you at the least bit. Lawyers are not cheap. Um, so you know, I mean, so even if that person doesn't have the money to get, you know, from whatever the claim is, at least you gotta they gotta be responsible for paying a lawyer. I mean, at the at the least bit that ends a lot of cases. You can't afford that fucking lawyer for long enough. So yep. Yeah, yeah. Your money's gotta be I want to get to the real question though. Have have you gentlemen used the bidet? Um, I believe, yeah, I'm supposed to. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, I mean, you try yes, to. I don't, I, I don't have, I mean, I don't I have one on top of my toilet. <laughs> I mean, that's a part of what, what a lot of people don't understand. I mean, and a lot of, you know, 
A lot of cultures, African Y'all culture, got a bidet, Dave? No, we don't have one is the point. But like I said, I'm supposed to have, you know, that's what you're supposed to use to clean your Yeah, oh, we should. We You're saying as a society, we should. Yes. Europe has them. Middle East has them. Places in Africa have them. We're the people that don't have them. And then we walk around with shitty draw syndrome. I mean, that's just the I'm, I mean, it's in America. We gotta have our freedom and our shitty draws, Dave. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they, they were concerned they're gonna put tide out of business if we walk around with nine streak underwear. But I think the I think the shit is brilliant. Cleveland Browns, Boday, you know my man. So fuck it, it all connects. Hey, these companies is on it, Rook man. They they are on it. They they. They try to get that any publicity they can. When you get a story like this that comes out, you get any publicity that you can to ride off it, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, apparently he don't. Apparently for him, it's not. You know, it's yeah. I don't. I don't. But back to the point, but I don't blame women. I mean, like you have to just be cautious when you're at that level. I mean, I understand when you're young. I mean, when you're in your early twenties, late teens, and having that form of stardom, but I mean, he's been in, in the league for a little while, so he should know better, and I mean, if he don't, and he's had enough other missteps to learn from him, if he hasn't learned from him other missteps, then I, yeah, I don't feel bad, I don't blame the, the women that service him or not, I mean, what, outside of, you know, the stars, I agree, get, yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree in general, no, but I think no, some of these, some of these women really do get off of the attention that comes, like, because why would you admit being shitted on by Odell Beckham or getting or sucking seven dicks from the Phoenix Suns unless you want to get attention. Well, of course. But that's the whole thing, though. It's like you there's been enough the, the league, whether it's NFL, whether it's NBA, whatever it is, it's been around for enough decades where there's enough cautionary tales behind you. It's like no nobody, and I'm sure you're even if you come into a team and you're new, I'm sure you have enough peers. To learn from and say, hey, and I'm this is not the person you want to deal with because apparently she's been around. I mean, from what you're telling me, so I'm pretty sure somebody you know had to tell this is not the person that you want to deal with. Hell, even in the last dance, Jordan was going around with uh cocaine crew or whatever <laughs> the hell they called them. The co- the the traveling cocaine circus. Yes, what do you think? What do you think about that, Dave? The traveling co- cocaine circus. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, you hear it's it's really it's yeah that none of that is surprising. I mean, I don't I think I think you know I think it was just a different I think it was just a different mindset in the league. Was the NFL? Was it NBA? If you read Walter Payton's story, I mean, he was more like a decade you know before uh, Jordan. Is that he was dealing with the same thing? A lot of the guys they were heavy drinkers, heavy drug users, and you know NFL on the Bears at that time. And he was coming in with some, you know, kind of green and just being kind of shocked at that culture. And the one also being just kind of more importantly, the kind of lack of discipline for like working out and training and, you know, being committed to winning. Oh, that's so, everywhere in sports, everywhere. <laughs> especially, especially do you think Mike? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, so like, yeah, none of that is really surprising. I mean, they suck during that time. And I'm sure like when you have bad habits or, when you, you know, yeah, it's going to show where you play. I mean, you can't booze yeah. and, you know, ride the white horse and expect to go out and win games. I mean, it, well, they, yeah. they did have footage, though, from the 98 season where they were drinking after games too. Ryan yeah. Hoffman, 
It's two women and Mike. Stories the be- of doing the beers while being plastered. So yeah, beers. Yeah, like yeah, beer. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little. I mean, yeah, but I think it's from what they were showing, it, the, the, it, they were having one or two beers. It didn't seem like they was going out and getting hammered. And from like the story, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> they I, fuck I, up. <laughs> And coming to practice late as hell the next day. But Dave, Dave, do you think do you think that Mike didn't indulge at all in the eighties when he got to that team? I'm not like because he, he said he said the story. He said the story like when was, they was apparently they was doing everything in the room. He peeked his head in the room. They had the they had the hookers and they had the blow and all this stuff. And he just was like he just was like oh we I'm out of here. He didn't. He didn't go into the room at all. I don't. I don't know apparently. if he didn't go. At, well, I mean, so, so, so I think. So I think it's the Eddie Murphy. So I think it's the Eddie Murphy. I think the Eddie Murphy analogy is probably the best one. Is when Eddie was talking about you know when, <laughs> when Charlie Murphy was talking about how we you know we were all involved in the wild stuff. Eddie didn't get involved. It's not saying Eddie didn't indulge on his own. It's what you know he didn't indulge with the group. It's not to say that he didn't indulge on his own. Who he may have smoked and drank on his own. Fourteen damn kids. That nigga lived life. He definitely lived life. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's the whole thing. He probably indulged in his own, but he was smart enough not to be caught with the group. I mean, yeah. and, and there is yeah, and there is something to be said about probably the mentality of guys like Eddie and Mike, who didn't want to let things like that derail their success or their their uh their attempts at success. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I, 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 I could, I could see that, but it's, it, it just was funny at the time, especially at the time when the episode first came out. People was like, oh, like it, like there's, there's a lot of peer pressure that's involved too. And I think, even though Mike is a singular figure, at one point he was, he wasn't always the, the, he wasn't always Michael Jordan. Like even in, in his first couple years in the league, though there were elements of that. But you know, it, I don't know. Hey, everybody has look. Everybody has a different vice, and I think that's something that we have to look at and take in consideration. Like if you you know the last thing I read, like biography I read, was the Walter Payton thing. Walter didn't really you know didn't get high, but Walter had other vices. Yeah, I mean you know yeah. So that's that's the thing. Mike had clearly probably yeah. had different vices. Or you know, so I think that even if he did indulge, I don't. Of course, not on levels of other guys, or he wouldn't be Michael Jordan in the first place. White women tend to be a, <laughs> a consistent vice with men like that. Hey what? man, yeah, yeah. You, are, I mean, well, it's, it's kind of like I mean, it's, it, I think it's like everybody has their forbidden fruit. I mean, they had a thing where they obsess over it. I mean, whether it's a car, whether it's a you know. Whether it's women, or not, man. The '80s, the first thing that w- that historically was forbidden fruit to you was white women. Either you were going for the, uh, you know, the high, light, bright women you could get, or you tried to take your step up a little bit higher. And that's why when the '80s was probably the first decade where you probably could be out publicly, to you know, in certain you know areas and be and not have to worry about your safety in a lot of cases. I mean, there are exceptions to that. That's rule. true, you know, but. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Like the eighties, that's crazy. Like the eighties was the first decade where Rick Rick James didn't even Rick James didn't put out the white women until the eighties. Like yeah, he, he had to wait until the and and it, and it was st- and I mean there's still I mean and I don't know if you guys watched the use of Hawkinstein uh, doc yet, but that's but there's still communities where that wasn't acceptable nationwide. I mean it's, and it's, and they're still you know and they're 
eighties and even further, you know, down the line. But I think that was just the first, you know, decade where it just became a lot more acceptable, especially when you were a professional athlete. When you know, when it, it, you 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 know, transcendent race. And I mean, to quote John Turturro's famous comment. You know Eddie Prince, they're not niggas, and I think that gave being the fact that when you're on that <laughs> you talking about you talking about his character do the right thing, not actually John Turturro. Sorry, correction. Yes, no, yeah, yeah sorry. What was correction? Yeah, it was Vino. I can't remember which one. It was. Yeah, Vito. Yeah, Vito. So yeah, so his character and do the right thing. Yeah, they're not niggas. I mean, they transcended race and for a lot of that they get, yeah you get a pass when you are high performing, and that's a really Indian industry. Once, if you can make money for somebody, if you can captivate them on the screen, you know, then yeah, you've transcended race. And so, yeah, so he knew he tried Walter, you know, Mike, all guys, Eddie, they, 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 yeah, they transcended race for a lot of, you know, for mainstream America. So, yeah, that was the that they could have that forbidden fruit. They they certainly weren't regular niggas. I could we could say that, but so, I mean, but, right? You just gotta know you famous, man. That's all. I mean, gotta know you famous and fucking put that money down and pay for it. A lot of them dudes they get so their ego is so big they don't think they gotta do that. They don't think they gotta do that. And so cats like Odell, I guess, get sloppy. I guess everybody got vices, man. <laughs> Real sloppy. I'm, I'm like, hey, man, whatever, dog. Whatever you into, whatever. Yeah, when it's like, like that type of shit, like that. Like, yeah. Why don't yeah. you just pay for it? You rich, pay for it. Hi. Yeah. So I'm. So yeah. yeah a weekly cameo for the girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, get, I'm getting. I'm getting my. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting. I'm getting my. I'm getting my warning notice. I think. Yeah, I think that's how we're gonna end every show now. Yes. From here on, but but no, but before we do end for real, let, let's just let's just put the, the last dance thing in the bucket, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, real, let's just go across the board. Like, what was your favorite part about the last dance, man? I don't know, man. I have to think about that. It's come back to me because uh, just being an athlete and just remembering Jordan and. You know what he meant to me. Look, 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 look what I got in here. Look what I got in here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. We talking about real fan, dog. Like I got shit all over the place. So just go to everybody and then come back to me. Maybe I can remember what the favorite part is. All right. But Dave, all right, Dave. What, what were your what was with as you finished it? Now, what are your main takeaways from that whole series? I, I mean, honestly, it. it I'm a little bit disappointed from like a fit. I'm, I'm disappointed in the context where that one, I didn't live in Chicago when that, when it happened. So I, but you know, as a fan, I mean, it was a, I mean, it was a magical era in the city. I mean, just when we really had dominance as far as in ball. And I don't know, you know, to, to what our original part of this conversation was just kind of like the deterioration of the city. Chicago probably was in worse shape. You know, as much as we complain about Chicago, what it is, but the you know the social divide, the economic divide was probably a lot. Almost, it wasn't greater, but it was bad then. You know, violence was higher then. But what we had to unify us was really just this magical figure and team that really was just consistently came and be able to put down any competitors that they had. 
and you know, and they were yeah. all unified really by Mike, even though with his character deficiencies. I mean, a lot of them were with the intent of you know make creating a winning team and being able to have a process where you could consistently do that. I mean, that's what businesses aspire throughout this country. That's what every business person aspires to be able to do is to be able to perform and be successful at it every day they go out there and do it. And Mike and yeah. you know, Phil and Tex Winter and you know Scotty and the whole team, they just had a refined process where they would be able to be consistently excellent. And, you know, I think that's really just, you know, while it was a magical point in Chicago history, it's just also sad and bittersweet that we'll never be able to have that again. So that was just kind of like the general thing that I took from it. That's well said, man. And, and you know, starting from your first point about the way it affected the city, like there was, like you said, there were a lot of issues back then as well in the city. But yeah. it shows the power that comes from sports. And, you know, you could say it's it's a gilded age thing, or it's a it's a it's a ultimately a trivial thing, but in the moment that shit was real, man. That shit really brought this the city together, and it made the city feel more important than it was. It changed. It made it, it it instilled value, and I think a lot of people a lot of people will say that the reputation of Chicago as a whole. You can look prior to Jordan. You can look to primarily two things: the mob and the and uh, daily sending out the uh, daily sending out the police to beat people's heads in the '68 uh, convention. That when you look at nationally, what people thought of Chicago in the modern age, that's what people thought of mostly. Hmm. But when but when Mike came into town and, and he ended up bringing those championships. It became something completely different, and it became about the, the because of the the weight that sports has in our society. You know, it it, it just it dominated that era of the nineties. We you saw it all throughout the last dance. How celebrities, you know, became you know celebrities didn't come to Chicago to watch basketball games before Michael Jordan. No. But when 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 Mike and and Scotty and Rodman became these pop culture icons, it became a, cent a center place for pop culture that rivaled New York and LA in a way that it hasn't before or since. Yes, That's the importance of, of a winning sports team, a dominant sports team, a dynastic sports team. When you could do something like that, it makes a big difference. And, and money, money comes into the city because of that stuff and all types of, there's all types of, of after effects that come when you have things like that. And, you know, that's why that, that's why that team was worthy of a 10 part miniseries because they were that important and they were that big. It was a dynasty uh, straight up. That was a dynasty. And let me tell you. So my favorite part was uh, when uh, he was talking about how he got the worm back on, on, on board when the worm like went away <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Robin was gone, <laughs> missing in action, and it was like he was looking. He was linking up with some of everybody. You know what I mean? It was like, all right, they gave him a certain amount of days. They said, "Worm, get it out your system. Go do what you do." You know what I'm saying? Right. On back, we're gonna get this this series done, and and the worm was just gone, man. And, and for Jordan to come to the door personally, 
be knocking on the door like, hey, bro, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Carmen bad. Electra was hiding behind the couch like, right, I can't right. let Jordan see me like naked. <laughs> I say, man, that's, that was the loudest I laughed the whole time. But for the most part, I was just really enamored with um, with just having my childhood shattered. You know what I mean? Because I always, I had no idea Jordan was an asshole when I was younger. But just watching that, I, I was like, hey. <laughs> so now I see why it makes sense. Because, you know, being in sports myself, I know the times that I was able to rally my teammates around some shit was when I was an asshole. Like when you asshole, you don't care. You being a dickhead. Hey man, I don't care. Run, run. You know it was tracks. Yeah. A little different, but I mean I know that there is a different mentality. So you know, hats off to Kobe. And Kobe was able to get a lot from Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? That Kobe mentality <laughs> was kind of like that. You know what I mean? It was just like they could yeah, switch it off. You know what I'm saying? And like the dude from, uh, you know, the coach from North Carolina, he was like, and he would never switch it off. He would never turn it off. I thought that was just, I thought it was magical, man, because I love production yeah. and the way it was put together was awesome. But Jordan, all the money he got, I expect that. I just hate that I wasn't on them, you know, one of the cameramen. I hate that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's value in the series, I think maybe it may be arguably the most significant thing that the season that the series did was allow more clarity into the persona of Michael Jordan as a competitor. Yeah. yeah. Because you know, he he didn't a lot of things that he did, you know, could be misconstrued in in in, in various ways. But when it came down to it. I think when he said, I think, I don't know if it was, I think it was the seventh episode at the end of the, where he was like, I didn't ask, I didn't ask anything of anybody else that I didn't ask of myself. He worked right. himself harder than anybody else. Yeah. And he, he just wanted that same commitment from the people around him and doing that uh, led them to immortality. You know what I mean? It, nobody's ever going to forget what they did. So, you know, you could you could talk about how he punched teammates in the face or he cussed people out and he, sure. he, <laughs> he you know, he, he demoralized people like Jerry Krause who, who in a lot of ways deserved it, but, deserved you know, he, yeah, but, but I he just, not. he was a leader in that way. There's different ways you could lead, but, you know, Jordan just showed a way that, that is, supremely effective and it lets it led to a lot of great things and you know i think i think what we're seeing you know just up to today where we where you have reports about jordan being a go-between in between the owners and the players when they had the the standoff in the bubble you know jo i think jordan has value as a leader he's not uh he's not a uh a boisterous person. He's not a person who, who can go out and, and explain things to people. He does things that people that you have to, that he does things mainly behind the scenes and you have to dig into that to get the, to get revealed about what he's done in a lot of ways. But, you know, his, his value as a leader, I think is, is unparalleled. And you know when you when you you know when you talk about him being a leader of men 
or a leader in industry, you know, he set an example. It's not he wasn't the revolutionary dude. He wasn't Muhammad Ali. Nope. But I think I still think there was value in what Jordan set as an example in the public sphere as a black man. Yeah. So, you know, that's just my last favorite part. I mean, did you did you let us know about your favorite part yet? Well, I, I would say, yeah, it was when Jordan sort of let his let everything go and said when he was most emotional and he said, look, I, you know, I was me. I, I just was, this was oh. me and, and I can't apologize for that. And, and, you know, when you look at what it got me and it got the people around me, you know, how can you argue what, you know, how can you argue the, the, the steps that I took to get what I wanted? You know what I mean? That's what, you know, that's the most significant thing to me about that series. That was great. Done. It was really greatly done. Man. Yeah, was awesome. It, it, it's it's up for an Emmy too. Hopefully, it, hopefully it comes around with the oh, Emmy or, or yeah. else. No, it's or else Jordan's gonna Jordan's gonna drop sixty on the Emmys if they don't win. <laughs> right. Don't let them get snubbed, man. We're gonna see another <laughs> already. Yeah. They, already, they're doing the audio version of it. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? They on that now. So. Shit. Oh yeah, yeah, right. I, I got to get back on that. I told that we may be able to get someone connected with that show on here. Can if you can, it'd be awesome. Yeah, we we'll see about that. But we'll yeah we'll we'll look going forward, man. We'll try to have like I say have some more guests, do some interesting things. I'm I've always got some stuff in the brain. I think next week, y'all. I want to talk about. I want to put it out there already. Uh, it's gonna be the 15th anniversary of a pretty significant album. That's coming up this week. It's actually gonna be in between our shows, but uh, the little brother, the minstrel show, 15th anniversary is coming up. So I want to, I want to definitely talk about that next week, and uh, you know, we'll we'll get on that. But uh, that's gonna be, I think that's definitely gonna be part of the show next week. I can't. We gonna get off now. Dave got to put his babies to bed, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll. We got yeah, we'll we'll get back at y'all next week, man. Uh same old same bat time, same bat station. And uh same war time, same war station. And uh this is in the building, y'all. We'll I, I I originally was just gonna be an hour or so, but we, we powered through with a with another half hour for y'all. So you know, uh pay us our respect, man. We doing this for y'all, man. Don't forget. Yes, man. Anything y'all wanna say, fellas, before we end? Uh, catch you next week. Until next week, man. And uh, yo, stay on the right side of history. Oh yeah, I, I I told Ricky I was gonna give him his flowers, man. Shout out, uh, Shoutside, man. Get, do a plug for Shoutside real quick, man. Yo, Shoutside, first Monday of every first Monday of every month. Bring out Shoutside is basically the uh, the um, soapbox for all those who are the less spoken. So. Uh, not minorities, what America calls minorities, but the minorities, the literal minorities, you know, in every situation. It could be at work. It could be in a neighborhood. It could be in a white-collar environment of blue. We speak for those that are less spoken for. Outside, the first one was about uh, police brutality, and it's I'm getting crazy. some different views. Not enough people listening, but <laughs> Reviews, y'all. I mean, so, thanks, man. All right, we out, man. Shout out, 
Shout out to Shoutside, support rookie and all his endeavors. R- Dave, good luck with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is hilarious. L- Malia. No. Malia. Layla. Hi. <laughs> I got to go. All right. We out, man. This We out. Damn. He's <laughs> in the I building, think. man. He's out. They dragged him off. They dragged him out the, out the sea, bro, man. Right, right, right. <laughs> Take them home, Kyle. Take them home, bro. We out of here, man. We are RegalRadio.com. One media. Subscribe. Share. Show us love. We'll show you right back. All right. Till next time.